0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, You are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this he turned around and, looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. He summoned a crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. The gospel of the Lord. Amen. We celebrate this 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The tabernacle candle burns this week in loving memory of Mary Milton and Baba Broussard. The second collection is the Building Fund. This Tuesday we'll celebrate the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. We'll have our daily 6 a.m. mass as well as a Latin mass in the evening offered at 5.30 p.m. after which the KC's will be the rosary for the end of abortion. Our diocese is continuing to organize efforts for the victims of Hurricane Ida. We ask you please to see the church bulletin boards for items that are needed. On Saturday, September 25th at 8 a.m., I'll be offering a talk in the cafeteria to explain the basics of the traditional Latin mass. Immediately afterwards at 9.30, we'll be a low mass offered here in the church to celebrate Ember Saturday. This is a, an introductory talk, so people who, uh, who maybe have, uh, have been to the Latin Mass before and may have questions or who have never been and are simply kind of curious about the, uh, this, uh, this other liturgy that we have here at the parish, uh, or maybe you've heard about it in, in uh, the news media recently, uh, I invite you to, to be able to come and for a kind of an introductory course, TLM 101, we're dubbing it, uh, to be able to come here about that particular liturgy. And I invite you to look at today's bulletin as well and to take it home for the important announcement from Mr. Alan Taylor, who is our parish coordinator for religious education. He explains uh, how to sign up and to make use of the online learning resource formed. Uh, It's a tremendous resource. If you're not familiar with it already, it has thousands of uh, of movies, of Bible studies, of books, of uh, audio talks, and, and numerous things for adults, for children, English, Spanish, and probably other languages by now. Uh, to be able to make use of at home, and uh, for the continued nourishment of your faith, uh, but also we'll be making use of that and doing some of those programs here in the church as well. In the letter of St. James that we heard today in our second reading, we come upon an important distinction, an important uh, point of reflection in the life of the church, the fact of faith and works and their place in the Christian life. This, of course, is a, a hot topic—one that was uh, very heatedly debated uh, in the 1500s during the, the time the Protestant reformers, who sought to be able to uh, to put uh, kind of a to take the light off of works and put it simply upon faith. They saw that there were many who tried to simply, or believed that they could, work their way into heaven. If you just do these things, regardless of whatever the interior is, then one simply gets their, uh, their ticket into heaven, and that is enough. That one doesn't have to have faith, one can simply work their way there. And this, of course, is rightly condemned. They were on to something. Uh, That's a plagian attitude to think that one can work one's out salvation without God's grace. Indeed, it is only by grace that any of us are saved, but it is grace working through our faith and our works. The fact is that there are still temptations in the life of the church and in many people to believe that one can sort of work one's way into heaven. Sometimes it's found by those who sit in the pews, I think of a, a sort of activism uh, that can come alive within the, within the soul to be able to do so many things, hoping that the good Lord will take note of all of it and let us in on account of our many, many hours of good work. But sometimes we find it, uh, or at least I find it, uh, by those who, whose shadows will, never, will not uh, regularly cross the, the threshold of the church but they will do things or offer things, give something to Father, give Father a little cake, a little gift at Christmas Christmastime, uh, offer something to help out with the parish, and will make a, a, a quiet remark of, maybe the good Lord will let me in on account of this, huh? It's a subtle thing, but it's a thought that we can simply do something and get into heaven without actually having our hearts conform to Christ. This, of course, is false. That our works must be manifest, but they are the fruit of our faith. Faith without works, St. James tells us, is no faith at all, it is dead. Our Lord often spoke in parables and often explained things in a physical sense using the things of the world around us, and we can seek a similar analogy by which we can understand the workings of faith and works within the soul and the importance thereof for salvation. Every one of us knows that when it rains, the grass grows quicker. And also when it rains, the trees and things begin to produce some kind of fruit, typically. They're storing up life within them, the, the roots pulling up the, the, the nourishment from the ground. And then we see afterwards, ultimately, some kinds of fruit, sometimes an edible fruit, sometimes in the form of flowers. They receive nourishment first, it courses through them, and then something happens as a result of it. And this is the fact of grace, that if we are the trees, it is God who pours down His grace in the sacraments by virtue of the use of sacramentals, by virtue of encountering Him in prayer. It is grace that comes down to us, the life of God that is given for our souls. And to the extent that we are able to receive it, it comes into us and manifests itself as the virtue of faith that orients us to God. It unites us to Him in so many words. But in that faith, necessarily, if it is alive, if it is a living faith, it changes us and it forces us to produce some kind of fruit, our works, the works of holiness. This is why our blessed Lord, whenever he was passing by in Jerusalem, he cursed the fig tree because it had no fruit. It had a sort of faith, a, a, a faux faith, but there was no works. There were no fruits. This is why Mother Church often encourages us to be able to, to emphasize and to see our works, because our works are ultimately simply an expression of our faith, and our faith an expression of the grace of God at work in our souls. It would be foolish for a husband to say to his wife, Honey, I love you. You are the apple of my eye. You are the joy of my heart. But then continuously to be cold to her, not to speak to her, not to say a positive word, but always to have a negative one, if one at all. One would rightly ask, Do you really love me? If this were the case, And if one professes faith in Christ, but allows everything else to take priority over Christ, if prayer has not a regular place in the life, if vice is able to maintain and virtue is not eagerly sought, one rightly wonders, is the faith real? Or is it simply an apparition, a ghost of sorts? We recognize this certainly in the scriptures. It is grace of God that pours into us. It increases faith, but it manifests and works. But we don't always do this perfectly. And so it's not to be discouraged when we recognize within ourselves that sometimes our works are not pure. Our works sometimes can be focused upon self, or they are done half-heartedly, or with a little bit of love rather than great fervor. It's not to be discouraged Rather to turn to our Lord and seek his help. This is what we see in the person of Peter who sets for us an example today. Peter who is there and always has this this great ability to say the wrong thing at the right time. It is Peter who, when our blessed Lord inquires, who do people say that I am? They, of course, all respond. But then who do you say that I am? Peter, representing the apostles, because already he is the leader of the twelve, speaks up and tells them, you are the Christ gold star, Peter. Well done. But then immediately afterwards, Peter, who expresses his faith, who understands who the person of Jesus is, rebukes the Lord. Because as the Lord says, yes, I am the Christ, and here are the consequences of that, namely, suffering, rejection, death. Peter rebukes him. He says, no, this can't happen. And here, our Lord, but easily we could add in the words of our Lord elsewhere. Oh, you have little faith. Peter's faith in our Lord is still weak. He is still thinking as a man, not with the mind of God. That faith has not borne its fruit in fullness yet, but it will in good time. One day the faith of Peter would be such that it would lead him to be able to put his hands out and to be drawn to the place where he will be crucified just as our Lord except upside down because he was not worthy. His faith would show its fullness in time even though it began small. And so it's an encouragement for us too. An invitation this week to look at our faith to see how alive is it? How is my fervor these days? What is the love, the quality of the love within our heart for our blessed Lord, for the faith we have received? Likewise, we can contemplate and reflect upon what is the quality of our works? Are they focused upon self? Are they there for show? Are they half-hearted or are they genuine? And in the end to take all of these things and turn back to our Lord and to recognize that it's neither our faith alone nor our works alone that save us, but only the grace of Christ. Thanks be to God that he has drawn us here today to receive that grace even more. In this holy mass, may the Lord increase our faith and let us show forth our faith and works.